everybody, welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen, and as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for tuning in, downloading, streaming, however you taking my podcast. I appreciate it, and welcome back. If you're new, welcome. If this is your first time, hello. I should have done this before, huh? I should have done this before. Jesus. Oops, sorry about that. I, uh, yeah, I'm getting my hair retwisted uh, tomorrow. Can't wait. It's about time. But uh, why does this seem... This doesn't seem... Uh, it seems a little off. I don't know. Am I sitting too low? I don't know. You can't see the mic. I guess it doesn't matter. But welcome back. How you doing? Um, as usual, just just uh, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell a coworker, Tell somebody about the podcast. If you're new, welcome. All right? Jesus. I don't know why I'm freaking out about the mic not showing as much. It doesn't matter, Chris. It does not matter. Just get over it. Man, uh, we are into December. It's crazy, man. This year is uh, yet another year gone. Yet another year gone by. Um, Are y'all excited for Christmas? Hmm? Do you have kids? Are you you excited to put the the toys under the tree? Yeah, are you? Huh? You 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 going out spending too much? That's what's funny, man. Like uh, you just hear people talking about this uh, this um, inflation, gas is everything is just so expensive. I can't feed my family. Uh, I can't put gas in my car. But then Black Friday hits, and all of a sudden we we have all this extra money to buy bullshit. You know. Meanwhile, every politician ran on it. Hey, you having struggles, you know, putting a, a, a Thanksgiving turkey on your table? Well, it's this guy's fault. Blame her. Blame them. They did it to you. I'll fix it. I'll make it cheap again. You know, be out here struggling. And then what do you, what do, you do, right? You got a guy or a lady who left their job. You know, they left their job. To go, you know, I want to represent my people in the government. All I'm hearing about is everybody uh, in my area struggling to put food on the table, uh, pay their bills. People are drowning. I got to go help. I got to do something, man. And you run, right? And you're telling people it's everybody's fault that they don't have this and that. and. <sighs> that Black Friday hit, and all of a sudden... You know, uh, motherfucking, uh, 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 who, who, who can I call this person? What, what name can I give them? Oh, oh, Johnny Conservative, Mr., uh, you know, Mr., uh, I think America's 1950, I, I can't feed my family. All of a sudden, he needs another flat screen TV, right? You know, even though he's been screaming and yelling, posting online that our country's going to hell, no one cares anymore, and he what, what's he do? He runs out on Friday. And he buys a bunch of shit that he doesn't need. <laughs> Way to go. But people are struggling. Give me that fucking TV. <laughs> I need that TV. I need all this shit that's going to be broken in three months. We buy so much just dumb shit. How many just shitty bookshelves and, and dressers have you? Not dressers, but like little... uh. TV stands and shit you you brought from you bought from Walmart or Target, you know. You know what I'm talking about, right? One of those ones you you bought when you know you got a little apartment and shit. Uh, I'll just get this. It's only 110 dollars or whatever. 
Man, you put a little too much shit on that and it just collapses. I, I hate that shit. I, I hate all that cheap ass Walmart furniture. It takes longer to put it together than it does it than it lasts. I, I hate it. <laughs> I hate that shit. I don't even know why I'm going down this fucking road of me hating Walmart and cheap shit and making fun of people and, and uh inflation. But anyway, I don't care. But um the milestone for the week. For those who don't know, we have a 10-year-old son. His name is Miles, and I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I know he's a gamer, you know, and he finally got on Discord and started playing gaming with his friends. And uh, I've never seen him so happy, other than at his party. I've never seen him so happy. And, uh, I, you know, I, I just felt so good for him, but it was very short-lived. <laughs> I'm going to be one of those parents, you know, uh, he's, he's on discord with his friends and I decided to go look at him in the chat. He was, oh, he was scrolling through the chat and I was like, let me just look over his shoulder, see what the fuck he's reading. And, uh, I saw a meme. It said, uh, I know how to put a baby to sleep in 10 minutes. And it was just uh, some dude holding a gun. And I was just like, all right, you need to get up. I need to go through all this, you know? And, uh, I, I tried, I, I, I tried to be one of those parents who are like, you know, I think they'll be okay. It's not going to happen. As long as your kid is not playing with other people, it's not as bad. But the moment they get into the chat rooms and discords and all that kind of stuff, it is just a different world. You just don't know who's in there. And I'm just going to have to find some of these. Um, Cause he really likes Minecraft. I'm going to have to find one of these uh, kid communities uh for him to play minecraft on where it's whitelisted and you know it's moderated they they're, they're cutting out all type of stuff so it's you know what's weird this is what's weird the people who claim like oh censor we can't have censorship we can't have we should be able to post what we want when it comes to their kids they're the most strict they shut down everything they lock down all the websites you can't do this can't go there uh, you're not watching this TV show, but it's just it's just weird that like uh, that they're like that. The people who want freedom the most typically run the stricter house homes, households. But they love freedom. It's, it's just very, very weird to me. It's very, very weird. And it seems like, too, like things have kind of flipped. I would say about 10 or 15 years ago, you would hear more liberal people complaining about uh, what was being said on the TV you know what was going on, on the internet now they're cool with it and now it's conservatives that are like yeah we gotta we gotta stop all this shit just it's just weird how it just goes and ebbs and flows it's just ups and downs and back and forth and you know it's just it's just wild but anyway so uh yeah i just can't man i i can't do it I, and here's the thing i i i can't really cons consider myself a gamer anymore but i love video games i understand that world i'm just not really in it anymore and i feel like such a hypocrite because i know he's gonna eventually see it and be involved not be involved in it internet culture anyway but i have to tell myself he's 10 man i'm not about to throw my 10 year old son to the internet wolves and be like uh you'll be all right you'll figure it out i can't do that i can't it's just too much shit out there and i, I feel like such a hypocrite man but I, I, I have to I, I have to be a decent parent, man. And he felt really bad about it. 
he he cried a little bit and i was like hey man i understand it's, it's not you it's somebody that you know that's in this chat room with you guys saying this stuff and and and, and uh posting things and i you know i don't know what these links are and all this kind of stuff so i just i can't do it man but once he realized I didn't think he had anything to do with it, he felt better. But I, 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 um, I think I might have made it sound like I had he had something to do with it. But, but again, that's just his uh, lack of understanding of how it, uh, how the internet works. But so we, I have to figure something out, man. I just I felt really bad, you know, because I was so happy for him. I've been pushing him to do it, and then he gets on there, and I'm like, oh, you can't hang out with this dude, man. This is, this is a bit much, you know. Um, but I, I'm I'm doing the right thing. I know I I, I second guess myself. I doubt myself. I'm, I I don't want him to hate me when he gets older. You know all that type of shit runs through my head. But I have to tell myself he's a little kid. I cannot have him exposed to shit like that on the internet. I can't. And and, and if that means I have to be uh, seen as mean dad, then guess what? It looks like I have to be mean dad. As much as I would just love for him to just be on there and shit. Now, uh, I would say console gaming, probably not as bad just because you don't have the chat rooms and stuff. But now just with, with all the discord and, and all that kind of shit, it's just uh, it takes it to another level. You know, because before it was just, oh, I game with these people online and there were I would not be involved. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, I just... Yeah, the console gaming, man, it's just, it's different. But I guess now with the Discord, you don't really, it's kind of meshing both worlds because it's just like uh, back then when I was really a gamer, if you were a console person, you were a console person. So you, there was, you didn't, I, I didn't really know anybody that was going into chat rooms and shit. And it's like, you got my console over here, computer over there, and the two really don't mix. But now it's just with all these online communities, I think people really do uh, a lot of both. So it, it was you were either a PC gamer or a console gamer, and those worlds really didn't cross over. But now it's it's uh, the the lines are blurred. But anyway, so yeah, just got now we have to find some some uh, kid friendly communities for him to play in. Uh, that's funny how you got to do it in real life and digitally. And what's crazy is the motherfucking digital world is even more scary than the real fucking world. Anything in that and online is they can see fucking anything, crazy. And that's why the thing is, it's like if I don't pay attention to this shit, his whole world could just come crashing down of just all these realities. Hey, this is what a DP looks like. This is what this is. You ever see this? I mean, to go from t being a ten-year-old kid just wanting to eat Mike and Ike's and shit, and next thing you know, you're just seeing some lady get her back blown out in Bukaki and uh gunfights and all that type of shit. it's just crazy it's just they just throw you throw you to the wolves it's wild but anyway so um a couple things i do want to talk about this week and i know there's a lot more going on but this seems to be uh one of the bigger if not the one of the biggest stories in sports especially for black folks it's the Deion sanders situation he is leaving jackson state and going to colorado uh, at Jackson State, he's won a couple uh, conference championships. I want to say he's he's won twenty seven and five. Yeah, two conference and two divisional championships. Coach of the year twice. Been there three years. Uh, and he's leaving for a program that was one and eleven last year. And people are very very upset. 
Now, I watched uh, Bahami Jones on CNN today, and for the I would say for the most part, we agree on things. The one thing I, I thought was odd that he brought up, and the, the rest of the panel brought up on CNN, and people want to harp on this, and for me, it, it doesn't really hold much much weight, but he kept he kept bringing up the fact that uh, Deion Sanders was saying that he came to the school because God called him collect, and he accepted the charges. And look, that's that's rhetoric. That's religious rhetoric bullshit. You know you know what that is. That's a black dude uh, going to a black school, and he knows that parents and grandparents in our community want to hear some shit like that. I also feel like uh, it's the way to get in people's good graces. And it's also, for me, and maybe not in this case, but you just you, 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 you leave the door open to use God for your untimely exit. It's, like, it's a catch-all. You know, God wanted me to do this and blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. Come on, man. Just, just own up to whatever the shit you're going to do. And for me, the fact that he kept bringing that up, you, you said God told you to do this. That holds no weight in this argument of like whether he should leave or not. Like you can you can be upset with him, that's fine. But I feel like it's just a very, uh, that's a very weak point to try to bring up to maybe get him to stay or to, just to even bring it up in the argument. Like if I was going to talk to him and I, say I was mad at him. I don't think I could ever bring that to the argument. It's like, you said you accepted the charges. God told you. It just it just seems weird. And I had to step back and I go, you know what, Chris? That's for you. I have to remember there are people who are on the opposite side of that spectrum when it comes to uh, spirituality and God and religion and stuff. Like, there are people who are true believers. And, like, for him to say, you know, God called me collect. I accepted the charges. That really meant something to them. That was like, hey, I really, I'm all in. That's my guy. He feels like God is calling him to do this. But for me, I just, I, I just I can't, I don't know. To me, that's just not a logical argument. And I'm not attacking anybody's belief, belief system, none of that at all. I'm just saying it's just, that's, to me, that point just doesn't hold up. Now, do I think Deion Sanders should have stayed and tried to accomplish all the things that he said he was going to do. I think so. Yeah. I'm not a, look, I'm not a huge football, uh, college football fan, but definitely not a big college football fan, but, and I, I'm, I don't claim to know everything, but I, I do want to see HBCUs be, uh, top contenders when it comes to college football. I do. I mean, we've I've seen it my entire life. We all have, man. These schools. Look, you know what? I'm not going to pretend that even HBCUs would truly care about the players. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that because there are some colleges where they actually do give a fuck. But I'm saying, look, if we're going to do this, can we at least throw some money our way? I mean, the Alabamas. And the South Carolinas and the Auburns and in the in the uh, the Fighting Irishes, right? The USC's, the Texas's, all these big college powerhouses, Penn State. 
I think they, they've had a good run. I mean, some of these schools, 40, 50, 60, up to 70 years for some of these schools where football has been big and it's been bringing, bringing money in and even more over in the, you know, in the most, most recent history. Uh, I just think it's time, man, to kind of let's, let's, uh, let's even that out a little bit, man. Let's, let's give some of these black colleges some, some of that money. And the thing is, I feel like, I feel like he kind of did that. Like I said, he won two championships, coach of the year. And listening to Dion talk to his team, uh, after deciding to leave, he said something because I was a little disappointed. I go, man, he he really made it seem like he was gonna put the HBCUs on the map and all this kind of stuff, and now he's going. But he said this. He goes, um, in coaching, you either get elevated or you get terminated. And I thought about that for about two seconds, and I was like, you know what? He's absolutely right. We have to be honest here. Most stories don't end with a fairy book ending. Uh, I would have loved to see him stay for a, a longer stretch and really like build up uh, that league, you know, possibly bring in. But I have to ask myself, what all could he really do by himself? But it, it would have been nice to see a trend of like uh, young young brothers coming in and coaching and, 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 and working on the staff. And and to to be honest, to see some of these athletes throw a little bit of cash at it and throw some money at it to get it going. But I also know LeBron and them, they don't owe anybody anything. It, it would be nice, you know, that would be nice just to help them get going, man. But that's not the world that we live in. It's not. And like he said, you either get elevated or you get terminated. And right now his stock is high. I don't really see what else he could do. I mean, he even sacrificed his own salary to help build the facility, help, you know, build up the facilities. I mean, let's, let's be honest, man. What, what bigger, what big colleges are you seeing coaches do that at? Not very many. I can't say that it never happens, but you're not going to see it at a, at a major white institution where the, the coach is giving money back to pay for some shit. Now, if you have proof of that, please share it. I mean, I think sometimes we, we ask a lot of people. We really do. We ask a lot of people, and we get it. Deion Sanders is already rich and all this kind of stuff, but that man, I don't. we don't know what that man's true aspirations are. And I, I'll say this too. When he went there, he went there with the intent of making everything better, which he did, bringing more uh, spotlight, money, TV, getting getting the HBCU uh, used, TV time, like he did a lot of that stuff. He did it. He did that, and a lot of a lot of it, from what I've been reading, he he leverages he leveraged his own relationships with companies to do this kind of stuff. I mean, somebody else has to step up and and, and carry the torch, you know. And he he set this goal, like I was gonna say, he set this goal. Hey, I want to do all this stuff with the HBCUs. And in his pursuit of that goal, another opportunity rose. And he was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to go. And I, I, I truly cannot be mad at him about that. I can't. Best case scenario, he stays at Jackson State for what? 30 years and becomes like uh, the Bobby Bowden and uh, Jackson State becomes 
you know, the new quote-unquote Florida State, they uh, make it in the NCAA tournament and win a actual national championship. And, and, and if that happened, people would be upset about that for some reason. Well, he didn't do this for – it's just you're not going to please everybody. And I, I really think it's time for other people, maybe some younger people, people who are looking for uh, – um, I don't, yeah, you know what? They're, they have to be looking for something in their career that's going to benefit the HBCUs uh, in the long term. There has to be somebody that's, that's you know, interested, really interested in building that league. Now they, they got a little bit of a foothold. And if you want to step in there, I mean, I'm pretty sure if you really have the credibility and the credentials and, the, and all that kind of stuff, they can put you in contact with Deion Sanders and all those people. Hey, man, I kind of want to pick this up from where he left off. I, I know it's a lot easier said than done, but I, I don't think we can. I don't think it's fair to call this man a sellout or that he turned his back on anybody because, even, again, to go back to his speech, it's just what's, what's, what's the best case scenario at Jackson State? Like, stay there for decades and do what I said? Uh, what's more than likely to happen? On that on that team's journey of, of becoming a national powerhouse, a lot of shit's going to happen. People, you get a new AD in there. All of a sudden, uh, you might get a situation where the school is like, you know, we don't really even need Deion Sanders. We, we got this. And next thing you know, you fire him after 15 years and he built this big-ass program. You just you don't know what's going to happen. You know there's really no loyalty in sports. It's like we expect these uh, the athletes and the coaches and stuff to be loyal, but these franchises and teams and programs, they'll let you go in a heartbeat. The moment you're not making money for them anymore, you're done. You're done for. Yeah, sometimes, man, I think we put a little bit too much pressure on people. And I, I, I get it. I, were, I will recognize the fact that he made his bed by making this – uh, this uh, statement about God calling him collect. And for some people, they're going to hold his feet to the fire for that. And I have to realize, hey, again, there are people who actually believe that. And I, I can't be upset or even act shocked that they are using that talking point as a, uh, you know, to, against them. Like, hey, you said that God... You know, called you, buddy. What, what, what's up? You gonna stay? What about that collect call, buddy? Huh, buddy? I don't know. I just I can't do it. I just whenever I hear people start talking like that, I just go, this ain't gonna be good. Anytime I start hearing people talk about God and stuff when it comes to their job and why they took it, I'm like, yep, this. All right, here we go. <laughs> and that's the thing. I don't even have an issue. <laughs> it's just. I just I don't know, man. Sometimes I just feel it's some type of little cop out. It's a, it, you're setting you're setting yourself up uh, to get out of something later on. You know, it's just that get out of jail free card. Oh, I'm religious. See ya. I'm out of here. Jesus told me. Peace. Not a fan of that. Uh, but another thing I saw too is um, uh, I'm not sure if this was a podcast or or what, but I saw an interview between Gabrielle Union and Jamel Hill, uh, and she was defending. Her stepdaughter, D-Wade's daughter. Uh, I, and I saw that this popular gossip blogger felt like she, Gabrielle Union, was out of line for uh, defending D-Wade's daughter. And I'm like, well, if you're married to somebody, I don't think you're really ever out of line for for defending your, 
your spouse's child, especially if they stay with y'all, you're helping out. I, I don't see that. I mean, I think the only way you could be, you might be out of line is if the two biological parents are talking and somehow you interject. Uh, that could be out of scene as out of line where it's just like, Hey, I think the biological parents have uh, the final say for the most part. I mean, these things can get very, very complicated, but I'm just saying the biological parents, I feel like I have the last say. I think that's the only way she could really be out of line when it comes to defending, uh, you know, her stepkid. I mean, and little Boosie has come after them for the last few years talking shit about their kid. And it's just like, why would she not defend her child who's part of the LGBT community? Why would she not do that? Why would I don't I don't see any parent not doing any good parent not defending their uh, spouses or their own children because they're part of the LGBTQ community. She's well within her fucking right. But then, you know, and I say all this and the thing, and I have to think, you know what? This is a gossip site. This is probably just to get people to talk about it. I mean, cause yeah, <laughs> now that I think about it, this is, this is all, this is exactly what this person wanted for, for you to tell them that they're wrong for the clicks, for the, for the retweets, you know, all that kind of shit. So, you know, what? I guess what, I mean, I'm sorry. I guess I fell for it. I guess I fell for the okie doke. But I'm not, I feel like I'm not wrong in saying I don't think a, a parent or step parent is ever wrong for the defending their own children or their stepchildren. I mean, I, I, I can't see that her being out of line at all in, in that situation. Uh, to even think that is absolutely fucking crazy. But uh, yeah, so this weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday, I'm at the uh, Denver Comedy Lounge, December 9th and 10th. And then the following weekend, I will be at the DC Improv. I want to say it's the 15th through the 17th. 15, 16, yeah. I think it's three nights, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, which is even better for me. But, uh, yeah. So I think there's a show. That's the show. Make sure you guys follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, have a great week. And uh, see y'all next week with another show. I'm out. Peace. Oh, if you ever want to write into the show. I always forget to say this. If you ever have a question and you want to write into the show, just email me at negropleaseradio at gmail.com. Um, hopefully I don't, if it's a weird question, hopefully it's not somebody that I know. Yeah. Just ask me anything. You want advice? You have, uh, you want advice? Uh, you see any weird stories or anything like that? Just send it to me and I'll check them out and talk about them on here. All right. I'm out. Peace. Have a great one.